Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to the Heroes of the Faith podcast, read by my wife, Killy. The history of global Christianity is full of little-known heroes who have been overlooked. One of these is Razalama, the woman who was Madagascar's first Christian martyr. The island of Madagascar is situated east of Africa. Before Christianity came to Madagascar, its people, the Malagasy, held to a mixture of religions and superstitions, with an emphasis on treating the dead with honour. The evangelisation of Madagascar began badly. In 1818, the London Missionary Society sent out two Welsh couples with two children, but within months only one of the six was alive. Undaunted, further missionaries arrived, learnt the language and introduced teaching and Western technology. The king of Madagascar, Ramadama I, recognising the practical value of what the missionaries brought, encouraged them. Previously, the Malagasy language had only ever been written in an Arabic alphabet for a select few, but the missionaries now wrote it in a Latin alphabet and made it accessible to everybody. Soon thousands of children, including many girls, were learning to read and write. The Bible became the first Malagasy book and hymn books and the Pilgrim's Progress followed. Soon there were Christian converts and one was a young woman, Rasa Lama. From a relatively poor background, she started education in 1824 at a rural mission school. Her family then moved to the outskirts of the capital and Tanarivo, where she joined the first Christian community and in May 1831, Razalama became one of the first Malagasis to be baptised. In 1828, King Radama died and was succeeded by one of his wives, Ranavalona. For a few years, she continued her husband's policies, but gradually became increasingly brutal. Indeed, her reign soon became so dominated by a hatred of foreigners, executions, forced labour and trials by lethal poison that she became known around the world as the Mad Queen of Madagascar. Ranavalona hated the church and in 1835 banned Christianity entirely. Reluctantly, the missionaries left leaving the embryonic Malagasy church on its own. As persecution began, the small numbers of Malagasy Christians, all young in faith, met secretly in remote places. As persecution intensified, Razalama went into hiding, but in 1837 was discovered living in a cave. She was arrested and interrogated, courageously expressing her outrage. We have not encouraged rebellion, stolen anybody's property or spoken ill of anybody, yet our property is confiscated and we are reduced to perpetual slavery. I would advise the persecutors to think a little about what they are doing, lest they bring on themselves the wrath of God.
she was made a slave of a court official who repeatedly abused her. Razalama endured this patiently but asserted her faith by refusing to work on Sundays. She caused further offence by warning her master that at the last judgment all men and women would be equal, something unacceptable in a culture where royalty felt they were totally superior. Razalama now announced that she rejoiced to be counted worthy to suffer affliction for believing in Jesus. She was beaten, sentenced to death and imprisoned in a brutal iron frame designed to painfully twist the body. As she was led away to be executed, she prayed and sang hymns, her cheerfulness impressing those who watched. Passing by the chapel where she had been baptised, she cried out, Here I heard the words of the Saviour. Reaching the place of execution, she asked permission to kneel and pray and was then brutally speared to death. In a manner deeply offensive to Malagasy customs, her body was left unburied and allowed to be eaten by dogs. At the age of 37, she had become the first, but sadly far from the last, Malagasy to give their life for Christ. Today, the site of her martyrdom is marked by a large memorial church. Strengthened by Razalama's witness, the Malagasy church stayed firm during the decades of persecution that followed. In 1861, Ranavalona died and was succeeded by a son, Radama II, who repealed many of his mother's policies and allowed freedom of religion. Persecution of Christians ceased and missionaries and their schools returned. Today, well over 80% of Madagascar's population are Christian. It's an inspiring story and let me highlight three things. First, Razalama was a surprising hero. Usually, persecution falls on church leaders, but Razalama seems to have been no more than an ordinary church member. Her faith is particularly notable because she had only recently become a Christian and there were no examples of martyrdom in her own culture. It's a sharp reminder that every Christian, whether new or old in the faith, sheep or shepherd in the church, needs to be prepared to take a stand, however costly, for the faith. Second, Razalama was a strategic hero. Without being aware of it, Razalama set an example that encouraged others to follow her faithfully through the decades of persecution. The result was that when the missionaries finally returned to Madagascar, they found that the church was alive and well. To this day, Razalama's heroism and the sacrificial witness of those Welsh missionaries are honoured in Madagascar's history. Finally, Razalama is a symbolic hero. Razalama died in a part of the world 
known to very few in Europe or North America, and her act of witness came close to being utterly forgotten. As such, she symbolises the countless women and men who have been martyred for Christ and who remain completely unknown. Unknown, of course, to us, but perfectly known, valued and honoured by God. I hope you've been inspired by today's Heroes of the Faith podcast. Please visit our website, canonjjohn.com, where you can sign up to receive future blogs direct to your inbox. Thank you for listening. Want to hear more faith stories? Join J. John every Sunday as he interviews a wide range of incredible guests to hear about their life, faith and ministry. Be inspired by Facing the Canon, a new episode this Sunday on God TV, YouTube, Facebook and the J. John Podcast.